Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well... We're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left. Another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Greg, and Greg had an encounter with something back in 1991 on his uncle's property down in New South Wales. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Cade. Good to, uh, good to finally catch up and have a chat. Indeed it is, mate. It's good to have you on, and the encounter that you had is fantastic. Are you able to take us back to that day and walk us through what happened? So, quite a long time ago now, it was back in 91 or 92, no, it would have been 91 because I left school in 92. Um, from my, me and one of my best mates, who's still one of my best mates now, we're, we were camping at my uncle and auntie's property, um, near Cranback on a little area called Belbora, which is about 15, 10 minutes, 10 minutes out of Cranback. And for those that don't know, Cranback's about, oh, 40, 40, 50 Ks sort of north, uh, east of Gloucester in between Gloucester and Foster. So, um. Yeah, that's where it all went down. So, um, me and this friend were camping on my auntie's and uncle's property down beside a creek. And we'd been there for probably, we were there to camp for a week and we had been pitched down by the creek for about three days. And we'd been setting eel, eel lines, eel traps up and down the creek and pulling out a lot of eels and doing what young boys do and creating a bit of shenanigans but one night in particular we were camping down at the spot and we had this massive tree beside us I can't tell you what it was but it was full of cicadas and the cicadas were that noisy it was 
it, it made you feel sick. It was ear piercing. So anyone who's been in the bush when the cicadas are going full noise, you know what I'm what I'm talking about. But all of a sudden, the cicadas stopped, like just instantly, and all of a sudden we we could smell what was like a dirty, wet, stinky dog, and. Not long after we smelt that, we heard like a like a deep growl, like a, a. I can't even describe what the what the sound was like, but it was a. Just a deep, deep growl from like the bowels of something's stomach, and my uncle, who was on the property at the time, used to play a hell of a lot of practical jokes with us all the time and mess with us when we were camping as young kids and. So we thought it was him and we started yelling out a few profanities and all the nice curse words that young 14, 15-year-old boys know and all of a sudden something grabbed the tent and it shook the tent like violently and we completely just shit ourselves. So we start smashing our heads against the tent thinking that was my uncle and we jump out of the tent and start screaming and whatever it was it was pitch black but whatever it was the cicadas stopped as soon as whatever it was turned up it messed with us with the with the grabbing the tent and then it jumped across the creek and it started you could hear it running up the hill now this hill would probably be about 50 60 degrees so it's you know it's not not steep but it's not it's not flat now you could hear it running up the hill, and you could you could tell that it wasn't a kangaroo. Anyone who's been in the bush, and even at night, you can hear kangaroo moving through the bush, and you can tell by its by the sound, by the speed that it's moving, and how fast, how big the gate is between its its strides. And whatever this was was not a kangaroo, and it, it sounded like a like a like a large man running or pushing its way running up the mountain and we jumped out of the tent and started throwing perfectly smooth skimming rocks at the the area where we could hear this sound coming from so once we heard that we could hear it running up the hill whatever it was we shit ourselves and we legged it to the house which is probably 900 meters to a kilometer away from where we were camping and we stormed into the house and there's my auntie and uncle sitting on the couch watching tv and we busted in the house and abused them <laughs> like again again with our profanities like the, I won't I won't say what they were on the show let you let the audience think about the words we were using but they were adamant that they had not messed with us at all and my uncle at the time was like they were both smokers but my uncle at the time was a full-time rolly smoker like and he was sitting on the couch not in a sweat not huffing and puffing and there is no way in the world he would have beaten two fit 15 year olds to the house like we would have won a a gold and silver medal at the olympics we were running that fast so that's pretty much exactly what happened word for word but what what was weird as a few years later is we didn't really discuss it or talk too much about it but a few years later there was a um a TV show with an incident up there and a, and a girl was approached or 
stalked while she was riding a horse in the same sort of area that we were. So kind of put one and one together and thought I'd reach out to you and share my story. It, it really is a fascinating story because I've never heard of a Yowie approaching a tent and actually shaking it because I've, I've heard stories of Yowies who will come in close, you'll hear them growl and, and things mm. like that. Mm. But to to really go that extra step and shake the tent, that would have been a pretty terrifying experience. Oh, we shit ourselves, mate. Like, and he'll he'll agree as well. Like he's a he's a pretty tough guy, but he's he shit himself just as much as I did. But I kind of got the feeling that because we we're pulling eels out of this creek, and you know we probably pulled it fifty or sixty eels out of this creek that would be as you know as round as your leg and as long as your leg. So I don't know whether it was upset with us messing with like its ecosystem or if we were disturbing it in some way because we pulled these eels out and just left them on the side of the creek as kids do so i don't know if it was trying to send us a message or who knows your guess is as good as mine that's actually really interesting because I mean, you put that in the email, but I don't think you said that in the in the story that you're telling there. But, yeah, you no. were pulling those eels out, and yeah. that's a really good point. I wonder if, because you were doing that, you pissed it off because yeah, that could have been one of its food sources. That potentially could, could have been what was happening, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> so you're in your tent. This thing starts shaking the, the tent there. At what point did you hear the growl? And at what point did you start to think, okay, maybe this may not be my uncle? Or was that more so when you got to the house, you realized, okay, this wasn't him? Yeah, like, so we smelt it and then we heard the growl. And then it, it when we started yelling out, out our profanities, it grabbed and shook the tent. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a minute long shaking. It was kind of like a, you know, just like a, just a grab and just a quick shake it but it was quite violent like the you could tell something grabbed the tent and by the time we got to the house you could one and one together and it definitely wasn't my uncle or there's no way it was my uncle so how how strong was this wet dog smell is that the the best way that you would describe it yeah yeah like a just a like a dog that hasn't had a bath and you know, anyone that's been on a farm and you've, you know, the, the local dogs come up and you've patted the dog and then you've sniffed your hand, you've gone, oh, shit, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's extremely it, relatable. It was, it was that smell, just that dirty, like it's been rolling in something dead. And I mean, I, I also grew up on a chicken farm where our dogs would roll in things you you wouldn't, couldn't even imagine. <laughs> and you'd pat the dog and you, it was disgusting. But that's what it was like. It was just a dirty, wet, stinky dog. And was that smell around for quite a while or was that something that kind of just came on and off quite quickly? It, it kind of just came on. So we were, we were sitting in the tent just talking gibberish and you, you could just smell it all of a sudden. But when we smelled it, that's when the that's when all the cicadas just stopped. It, it was like someone had just flipped a switch and they just, from an ear-piercing, sickening sound just to zero, like nothing. Not one of them was chirping and that was pretty weird yeah that's really odd it's um it's pretty regular behavior to to have i guess the atmosphere just kind of gets sucked out when mm. when you hear of a yaoi in the area and i wonder if that's what was going on here 
Mm. I mean, I've heard of other, the other stories of, you know, the, like the stick throwing and, you know, maybe throwing rocks or smashing sticks against trees to for them to communicate with each other or send a warning. But, you know, to, to approach... To approach two humans, that's you now that's pretty that's pretty out there. Yeah, it's it's not something I really hear a lot when it comes to to Yowie encounters because, like you said, you hear a lot of encounters where people have the things thrown at them from a distance, or you'll hear wood wood knocks or something like that. Yeah, but that's right. For it to come up that close and, and shake the tent, I mean, I'm, I I would hate to think of what would have happened if you and your mate didn't yell out the way that you did because if it thought you were asleep or something like that, who knows what could have happened there? Well, I mean, if it really wanted to mess with us, you know, it's whatever it was, it was, we're just two kids, you know, we could have just grabbed us and just tore us in half if it was a, if it was what we think it was. It's a good point. It's a good point. And it's impossible to know how long this thing was watching you for because, I had a look on on Google Maps about this area that you're telling me about, and it's it's heavily forested. It is there's a lot of coverage in that area. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, there, there's some. It was a cleared area where we where we were, but if you there's parts on that property where it was like stepping back into time. You know, the, the staghorns and the elkhorns, and you could you could step into the bush and and never be seen again if you wanted to. I mean, look at Malcolm Naden hiding in the bush for all those years. You know, and that's the same kind of it's the same kind of terrain it's the same sort of bush heavily timbered yeah and you're you're really not that far away from the from the blue mountains i mean maybe maybe a few hundred k's away if that and yeah it'd be about 250 300 yeah 300. and it, it wouldn't surprise me if some of those ranges kind of continued all the way up towards where you are mm. it's uh it's and that, as we all know, you know, the Blue Mountains is a heavily uh, infested area with yowies. You know, you hear people having encounters in that area on the regular. And mm. it, the I, I wonder why that is, because I can kind of see from what I'm seeing here, you know, there's there's a lot of riverways. There, there seems to be just an almost ideal location in this whole area for yowies. Mm, that's right. That's right. I mean, the whole eel thing, I, I kind of got the feeling we might have been messing with the food source that... It might have been pissed off that we were messing with its food source, so. But also not to not to use the food source and just pulling them out and leave them on the side of the creek. It might have not been very happy about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that you really just could have rubbed this creature the the wrong way. What kind of farm did your did your uncle have? Um, he had a he had maybe a hundred head of cattle, but he was predominantly um. Like a market gardener, so like tomatoes and corn and watermelons, rock melons, all that kind of stuff. And he used to sell it over at um, Town Head near Wingham, Taree Way, Perfleet, over that way. Did you ever ask him if he ever had, I guess, produce go missing? Because it wouldn't surprise me if this Yowie was sticking around that area. If your if your uncle was growing that type of food, that could have been a really easy food source for this creature too. Yeah, definitely. Like it'd be, it's pretty easy just to sit on the fringes and and head in there at night and grab yourself a, an easy feed. But I'd like to ask him, but he's not here anymore, so I oh, can't. Really, sorry to can't hear that. Do that. That's all good, man. So, tell me about the the situation with this growl because this would have been something that would have turned that whole night on its head for you. I would have imagined. 
I, I can't even describe it. I can't. I mean, even when me and my friend discuss it every now and again when we talk about it, the sound that we talk about, we can't replicate it. We can't. I don't know. It's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a. Just like an animalistic growl, but it was like something was. It's like a dog, you know. If you approach a dog, the dog's pissed off, and he's like, "Don't come near me because I'm going to bite you." It was like that, but real deep, like. Because one thing I do hear when it comes to you know Yowie and Sasquatch encounters, uh, in particular, when it comes to this type of growl, is that it sounds like it's coming from something with an extremely large diaphragm, and that mm. it, it mm-hmm. seems abnormally long and kind of to a pitch that you just don't hear that comes out of any other type of animal. And Australia is one of these really unique locations where we don't have any predators out in the bush. So to hear something like this would be really kind of spine tingling. Yeah, we shit ourselves, man. Like (laughs) it was, like I said, I I can't describe it for for your viewers. It was just, well, your listeners, it's just, yeah, I, I can't even describe what it was like just a, a deep deep animalistic growl like from the pits of its stomach to to let us know that it was there and now a quick word from our sponsor hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. So this growl happens, you hear the smell, it shakes your tent. Why were you so mad to get out of the tent to go throw something at this? (laughs) Well, it's it's fight or flight, isn't it? I guess is human instinct. So you either sit there and it's going to mess you up or cave our head in with a rock or we get out and we fight and then we so we sort of fight and then we fight <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was was there a discussion that happened before this were you talking to your oh, mate no, of- no 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 there's there's no time for that there was no there was there was no like what are we going to do it was just like get the fuck out and run and i mean when we started throwing rocks because you could hear it run up the mountain and we started throwing rocks and these rocks are perfect skimming rocks beside the creek that are being smooth and flattened by water flow and you know we're two 15 year old kids that played a lot of cricket and we got good arms so we sent quite a few stones in the direction of where the sound was coming from going up the hill and then we just turned and legged it straight to the house did you hear any noise of you actually hitting the creature like any type of like i know this might sound weird but like an oof sound no no not not that i can remember i mean i've i've done quite a lot of hunting and you know when you strike an animal with a with a, a projectile be it rifle or bow or whatever you're using you can you hear that sound of of contact 
but yeah, I, I can't recall hitting it or. But we we definitely threw a lot of rocks. So one thing that you said there earlier that really kind of raised my interest was that you said the gate on this was uh, quite large. So that's something that maybe a lot of listeners don't don't understand who may not do any hunting. I don't do any hunting myself, so this would even be great for me to kind of get my head around. But you kind of compared it to a kangaroo. And for, I mean, every Australian knows how a kangaroo hop, hops, yeah. how it operates, yeah. things like that. But maybe... Um, we, we have a fair few overseas listeners who may not understand that. So would you be able to tell me the difference between what you would say a man's gait is and, and what a kangaroo's gait would be in, in that in that instance where you could definitely tell the difference? So well, a, a kangaroo's gait or it's, it's hop, when it's at just a mellow speed and there's no danger, you can, you know, it's like a, the, the Aussie guys, all the people in the bush would know what I mean just a hop 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 but if it's at full noise like if it's a um, say a dog or a predator chasing it or there's a fire and it's in danger you can like a kangaroo's gate will be more it won't touch the ground for two seconds in between its its bounds but you know it'll clear it'll clear you know 10 feet plus in in one bound if it's at full speed but whatever this was it, it sounded like a like a man running through through the scrub so w- you could tell it wasn't a kangaroo because now kangaroo when it's in midair there's there's no sound when when the kangaroo makes contact with the ground it's got sound but this whatever this was was it sounded like a like human i won't say footsteps but you could you can sort of tell whatever it was was running and pushing its way through like blackberries and scrubby kind of shit on the side of the hill. And what was the visibility like that night? Was it was it kind pitch of like black. a pitch black? Yeah, pitch black. Couldn't couldn't see a goddamn thing. Like it was, we didn't have a torch. Like we might have had a light at the start of fire, but it was it was as black as black. Couldn't see a thing. So how would you go running through the bush on that night? Would it be something possible? I wouldn't because within five seconds I'd trip ass over it and I'd have a broken leg and there'd be a helicopter coming to get us. <laughs> so this thing didn't have that issue then, did it? No, 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 no. And the, and the funny thing is at the bottom of the hill next to the creek, there's a five-strain barbed wire fence. So it's gone across the creek and gone over the fence and started running where, you know, for a man to do that or a human to do that, it's, you know, you've got to either go through the fence, under the fence, or put your foot on the bottom strand and climb over and you know, potentially get your balls hooked up on barbed wire or whatever. But whatever this was, it, it's gone over the fence in like it was, wasn't was even there. And how high was the fence? Is it something like about a metre high, three foot high, something like that? Um, yeah, probably be, probably be oh, a, a bit over a metre, I guess. I guess the post would probably be meter, just over a meter. And to do that in the dark, that's mm. that's basically impossible for a man to do that at speed yeah, with, in that situation. With, without a torch or some kind of light, you know, or a, yeah, it's yeah, I don't think it can be done. So, what was the reaction from your from your mate after all of this happened? Because everything kind of happens so quickly by the sounds of it. You kind of you get back to your your uncle's uh, house. What what happens then? Well, we just go inside and and we just 
talking gibberish and still asking questions about my auntie and uncle if they've if they've messed with us and they were adamant that that they didn't and we didn't really think too much about it after that we just watched tv with them for a while and kept questioning them and kept asking them questions and nothing happened and the next day we woke up went down to the creek unpitched the tent packed up all of our shit and slept in the house for the next two nights because we didn't want to be back at that spot this is a weird question, but were the eels still there? Um, I can't remember. They they would have have to been. They would have been. Don't know. We set a lot of eel lines. Like anyone who's grown up in the bush and you know those back roads. You know, you set eel lines and you get like two meters of of nylon or a bit of fishing line and put a hook on it and tie it to a post and put a bit of meat on it and chuck it in and pull them out but I can't remember if, if they were still there or not but yeah it's, it's a long time ago when this happened yeah and I I'm, and I know that's such a, a minute detail for this whole event that happened but I just wonder if that thing if it, it if it came back and kind of took your your catch away hmm maybe so you and your mate you go back to your 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 auntie's and uncle's house. You kind of barrage them for a little bit there. Mm. And did you just feel like, did you have a feeling you saw something that wasn't quite right? Well, that's, that's the problem is we didn't, we didn't see anything. That's, that's what makes it so, I, I guess it's hard for your listeners to, to think, oh, these guys are full of shit. Cause we didn't, we didn't have a visual encounter, but we had a, we had an encounter of some description, but we didn't see anything. That's be a bit different if we had a torch or a headlamp or something like that, and we could we got a we saw something running up the hill that would be completely different. Do you wish you saw it? Um, don't know. I mean, it'd be cool if we did see something, but it's it's cool to have the experience that happened to us anyway, but. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to. It's not in the family anymore. This property, but it'd, it'd be cool to go up there and always thought about doing some hunting up there and setting up some game cameras and seeing if you can catch anything on camera. It makes me wonder if anyone else around that area has had similar encounters because earlier you said there was a girl who had the encounter with, I guess, with a with a beast like this uh, while she was on her horse. But I mm-hmm. wonder if there was anyone else around that area who had properties who maybe encountered something like that because I know I know small towns like this, they don't really like to share these types of stories, but yep. I also That's know right. small towns have uh, a, a lot of history to them when it comes to, to weird things like this. Mm. Well, years later, I thought about going to the pub and asking the old locals around there if they've witnessed anything or had any kind of encounters, but, you know, you... Like you just said, people don't in little towns like that. They don't want to talk about that kind of stuff because you get labelled as the village idiot, or you know, you should be in a in a padded wall, padded room with you know, like a white jacket on. But there, I have I have no doubt that there'd be there'd be locals in that area that would would have had experiences for sure, no doubt. But but just just choose not to talk about it, I guess. 
And I think that's something that is just second nature when it comes to these types of things because to to go out there and say, hey, I saw a Yowie, it's, it's something that not every person in the world is going to be on board for, unfortunately. Mm. Well, not not far out of there, just on the other side of probably towards Easter Town, I, um, I saw something online with a lady who caught something in the headlights one night and she has gone on record to uh, state that she was adamant that it was a, a a man-like creature that stood up and walked in front of her car in front of in the headlights and she was she saw it as clear as day but she, same again she said you know you don't talk about this kind of stuff because people think you're a nut job yeah it really is a curse of living in in those small country towns because I could imagine like there is just so many so many encounters like this that I just kind of lost to to history because of you know embarrassment ridicule and you know it's just just people not believing which is really quite a shame. Mm, yeah, well it's not it's not the sort of thing you go to the go to the local pub on a on a Friday night and start talking about at the bar cuz you wouldn't be you wouldn't be there for very long. What's your mate think of this situation now? You know, he's probably, well, you've obviously had a fair, fair bit of time to, to talk about it. You're still good mates with him. What's the, what's the conversation like these days when you go back to that night? Well, it comes up every now and again. Like if, if we're sitting around the fire and having a few beers and you know, someone might, there might be a word or something that come up and we'll, we'll go, Oh yeah. How about when this happened to us? And, you know, I tell the story exactly how I've just told it then, and but that's about it. It just doesn't really get spoken about. And then, but someone else in the group might say, "Oh, I've had an encounter. I've had an experience." Like his his ex partner said that she had an encounter one day out near Kurumbong, which is out at the base of the Wadigan Mountains, and she swore that something stalked her while she was on her horse. Yeah, it's. I think it's something that happens to more people than than a lot of people would actually care to admit or, or care to even realize in in this current day and age but it's uh it's definitely a really fascinating encounter that you've had there and what i really like about it is that it really was kind of like a four person encounter there was you yourself um your mate and your your auntie and your uncle which you know yeah. really does add a lot of credence to this type of event because a lot of people you know they may have this event on their own and then not actually speak to anyone about it for for years and years and years but you had this really unique set of i guess a situation where you had the event and then you basically ran off and told someone mm. about it essentially right away yeah yeah within i mean like i said man we we got to the house in record time and there's no way he my uncle would have got to the house if he was messing with us like no way and but the angle you could hear it going up the mountain, it didn't. It was just going straight up the hill, and it, once you once you get into that bush, you you just melt into the bush. You just disappear. Yeah, it's the Australian bush is so unforgiving and and so thick for this creature to just kind of get up that hill in that speed and and disappear in the way that it did. It's you know it really does make you wonder what what type of creature can do that. Mm. Yeah, it makes you wonder, makes the mind boggle. And, you know, to, to throw on the fact that, you know, this thing was bipedal, happened in pitch black night time, uh, there's there's a lot of questions that I, I have unanswered in this whole encounter. Mm. I mean, if we had a torch, that would, 
that would have been awesome. But you know, whatever it was, was walk. It was it was upright. You could you could just tell by you could tell by the gate and its gauge. You could you could tell it was walking upright. Whatever it was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, Greg, you've had nearly twenty years to think about this encounter. What what do you think it was? Do you think it was a Yowie? Well, I'd have to say yes. And what do you think? What's your thoughts on the Yowie? Like, what do you think it is? Hmm, well, it's a good question. You, you can ask different people in different areas and they will say, you know, you talk to the Aboriginal community about it and they might, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, the word Bunyip or Yowie, Sasquatch being thrown around. You know, people people of recent, when the conversation comes up, there's been people making statements that they might be able to move through portholes or... I don't know, Kate. I really don't know. And you know what? I don't think anyone really knows at this at this point in time. It's one of those really fun questions I like to ask people who have seen these things because... It always depends on the the encounter and the situation that you had. Um, it, from from everything I've heard with your encounter, it sounded like it was very, very much a very physical encounter. You know, you mm. could hear the thing walking around. You could smell it. There was that definitely a presence there. And it, I just love the fact that it had a, an effect on the, the surroundings around you with all the cicadas just stopping all at once, which is it never happens. That just never happens. Like it was, it was just like a switch had, had just been flipped. Like you'd turn the light off in the in the room. It was just ear piercing, like to make you feel sick. And then as soon as we smelt that smell, it like a switch just instantly stopped. But for, for something to physically grab the tent, you know, that's that's the amazing part of the story. That's I just can't. Yeah, a bit strange. Definitely, definitely is, Greg. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. That set of encounters was, it's fascinating because it, you know, it just really does go to show that you don't need to see these creatures to, to have the, the fuller effect of an experience with them. Mm. Well, hopefully some listeners are out there then in these little country towns and these backwoods and maybe they'll come forward and, and share their experiences. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 